Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to It's the Bearded Man podcast with your favorite and the world's favorite bearded man, Bob Bay. Back in the bed, Rudio cooking up on this lovely Sunday. Stoked to be back for episode five today, where we're going to be deep diving into a very, very important topic because for many of you that have been following my journey for the last couple of years, know that Uber has literally played such an important role in getting me to where I am today. I mean, I drove full-time for three and three years and some change. I've been a driver since, let's see, April of 2015. It played such an important role in getting me to where I am today. And by now, by the time you hear this podcast, we've already rolled out our final thank you piece for Uber, which is me reflecting on the last couple of years. And it just kind of feels like a closing of the chapter as I stopped driving for them full-time back in October, which is now almost, it is three months ago, almost coming up on four months, which is crazy because it kind of all just changed so quickly. Um, But with that piece rolling out today, and like I said, if you're hearing this audio or you're watching this visual on YouTube, the piece is already out. Thank you, Uber. Go check it out when you get a chance today. Uh, I I figured there, if I'm going to roll out a final piece for Uber, I feel like that is a great topic that I could dive into and talk about a podcast because it played such an important role in my life and it forever will be the lessons I learned and just, it was such a part, it was so much part of my journey of getting me to where I am today that I'll never not be able to not talk about it, but it's not the centerpiece. I used to document my journey through Instagram and many of you knew me as slaying the streets on that Uber grind, but it feels amazing to not be there today or having to do that anymore. Um, So today, Drive, we're gonna discuss what it was like driving for Uber and some of the lessons and stories that I learned over the course of 19,002 rides. It's a lot of rides, ladies and gentlemen, 19,002 rides. Um, but before we get into that, a couple housekeeping things I wanna talk about real quick. Uh, first off, great feedback on the podcast project itself so far. It's been amazing to see some of the people that have trickled over from the past podcast, Purpose in the Youth, to the new podcast. And maybe there's someone out there that is listening and didn't know I podcasted until now. So if any of you are listening right now, know that I appreciate you guys and gals taking the time. Um, We're five episodes in and we got a lot more content to come. So I'm extremely excited to see where this podcast goes across uh, in 2020. And I have no game plan. I'm just taking a one one podcast at a time, one topic at a time. And so I'm enjoying it so far. And it's just become my therapy session. This is what this podcast is becoming is just a place for me to voice my opinion. And if anybody enjoys listening, then dope. And if not, no big deal. Uh, currently, right now, the podcast is at 25 reviews. Let's clap it up. I like that. I like that. 25 reviews in five episodes. I say that's pretty damn good. I would love to keep that thing rolling, keep that rocking. So if you are enjoying the podcast, please take a moment to check it out on the iTunes podcast app. Leave a one-sentence review or a one-comment review for all that matters to me. I know you hear it, and I know it's probably knowing if you've been hearing all five podcasts of me talking about it, but it's so important, and it's going to help us grow this podcast as this is free for people to listen and it's just a good way for me to grow the project without putting any money into it so if you get a chance today please leave a review would be greatly appreciated we're shooting for 40 by episode six and if it's possible i would love it it would fire me up so tell your friends tell your family tell your grandmother your grandfather your sister your boyfriend your girlfriend whoever tell them all go on itunes leave this man a review he's got a great beard he's got some great podcasts and he's a wild guy do it. Thank you. Um, two other things. One, just got back from probably one of the one of the greatest weekends of my life. I went out to Miami for Super Bowl weekend for Super Bowl Live with Liquid IV, aka Live. 
Uh, we sponsored, the company sponsored two amazing Super Bowl parties, two of the biggest parties. One was Bootsy on the Water with uh, with uh, performance by Post Malone on Friday night. And then Saturday night was a Maxim party that we were a sponsor of that had Rick Ross, the Chainsmokers, Russ, and a whole lineup of other artists. Literally the most incredible weekend. One of the most incredible weekends of my life was there shooting content, me and my boy Jamie. We were there with a couple of people from Liquid IV. Brandon came in for the Saturday night, and it was unbelievable. We will be rolling out some content from that coming soon. Uh, and it just was one of the greatest weekends of my life. I might end up doing a podcast on just what that experience was like, the lessons I learned, the stories. So if you're interested and you want me to do that, let me know. And there's a good chance I'll spend a whole podcast talking about it because it was one of the most incredible weekends of my life. And I was so appreciative of being there because it was Liquid IV's first sponsorship of an event. And it was Super Bowl parties like, okay, we're not sponsoring any events. So let's just go big and let's sponsor Super Bowl Live. No big deal. It was literally incredible, and I had one of the greatest weekends of my life. Um, so I'm, we might dive into that in another podcast. Also, just recently had my 90-day review at Liquid IV. Let's clap it up. 90 days. This is why it's great timing that I'm doing this podcast on Uber because this opportunity is what got me out of the Uber game, and it has been life-changing. There's no question about it. I've probably reflected on it multiple times a day, every day for three months since I left Uber, and it has been incredible. Uh, the past 90 days of Liquid IV from where I started to where we're at has been a huge work in progress of pretty much trying to find our rhythm and trying to find processes with within the company of how we produce our content. Um, and I'll probably do a podcast on that alone. As a couple more weeks or months uh, happen, then I can really fully talk about some of the things we've been working on. But it's just been a big trying to figure it out within the company and solely the, the, the content that I focus on is around Brandon Cohen, the founder and CEO and everything that's happening within Liquid IV. So, and not product wise, I, I don't deal with anything within the actual product. I'm full, solely focused on him and producing content around the stories, uh, the, the, the moments that are happening, a lot of big shit happening behind the scenes. And I'm, I'm just like, man, me and my boy, Jamie, we're just sitting there just rubbing our hands together. Like we got some fire content we're about to be shooting i mean we just rolled out uh the first founder uh youtube intro which came out incredible check it out on brandon cohen's youtube last week we rolled out steve aoki's birthday party where brandon and jamie flew out to las vegas for five hours for his birthday party and then this week it depends on how fast we can get some projects done but we have a super bowl live recap uh and we have a lot of other big stuff coming out so a lot of great things happening with Liquid IV, and I'll be talking about it more in the coming weeks slash months. Just got to let things happen so then I can actually talk about it and not spill the beans. So let's get into today's podcast. As I said, the reason I want to talk about Uber today is because it played such an important role in my career, in my life, in the last five years of my life. Um, and I feel like the timing with me putting out this last piece shot by my man Dalton Misner uh, and directed by him. With the timing of me putting this out, I feel like it's a great time to stop and reflect on how I got to how how I became an Uber driver, why I became an Uber driver, how beneficial it was, how important it was to giving me flexibility to focus on my creative ideas. If it wasn't for Uber, I wouldn't be here today. I mean, I would have found a way to make it work, but Uber gave me the flexibility. It gave me enough money to make where I could pay my bills and still invest in myself. And so I do owe a lot of credit to Uber. I know there's a lot of stuff in the press sometimes about Uber and they do this, they do that. I know, I get it. But for me personally, my experience, it, it changed my life. And 
them giving me the flexibility to work when I want was a game changer. And yeah, so we're going to talk about it today and pretty much get people up to speed because I drove Uber from full time since July of 2016 all the way through October of 2019. I probably should have done the math on how many rides per day that averaged out, but I was doing a lot. I think at the time I was leaving Uber in October, it was something crazy like 18 ride, average of 18 rides a day for three years. Every single day, that was an average of 18 rides. It's The numbers are just unbelievable. Uh, I mean, that's what happens when you do 19,002 rides. It's just, you can't make it up. But yeah, I mean, it gave me the flexibility that I needed to focus on all my creative things being my number one priority. And then it also gave me so much perspective of the people that I was meeting. Um, it was just, it was just, it opened my eyes to so many things. I mean, I started in Boston, which we'll get into today, and then I moved out to LA. And especially driving in LA, it really opened my eyes to some things and some stories which we will talk about. Um, and so I owe a lot of credit to Uber. So thank you, Uber. Thank you to anybody from Uber if you potentially ever hear this or see this because you changed my life for the better and you gave, you you got, I was in a vehicle getting me to where I needed to be, literally driving, dropping people off, picking people up, but also got me to where I am with Liquid IV. So super thankful for it and so happy that it was part of my life. But very happy that I'm not. It's not part of my life anymore, so I can focus on bigger things and things that I'm actually passionate about. So before we get to where it all started, let's get a quick water break because it's gonna be a bumpy ride. Mm. There it is, high quality H2O every single time. Okay, so where did it all start? Spring of 2015 is when I officially became an Uber driver. April of 2015, I was in my junior year of college. I needed some money to just hustle with. I loved making money all my life. I mean, who doesn't like making money? And so I was in college. There's a lot of free time. I was a junior at Bentley University right outside of Boston in Waltham, Massachusetts. And I had a little bit of free time. So I heard about Uber. I heard about it being flexible. You make your own hours. I was somebody that always loved driving growing up. And I, for whatever reason, just said, screw it. Let's just try this thing out. I have time in my hands. I'm in college I'm not doing really anything outside of school. Why not give it a shot? So I signed up, became an Uber driver, and for a couple, for the first couple months, I was doing it super part time. I mean, super part time. You, you're talking about like six to eight hours a week, maybe. Um, I was always somebody that in the summertime saved up money to last me throughout the throughout the year for school, and so this was just kind of my play money, I guess you could say. This is also bearded man 2.0 days where. First one in the bar, last one in the absolute full send on the weekends. Thankfully, I wasn't an idiot and I never caused harm to anybody, but I was just, once again, I mean, I'm a high energy person. So when you threw me in those environments, I was always just down for the cause and I wanted to have a good time with people. So it was my, it was my play money. It was just money that I could use and buy things or spend it on experiences and I didn't do it too much, but I did it enough where I was like, this is cool. I get to make money in my own time. This is a pretty good gig. So fast forward, so that's April of 2015. Fast forward to the summer. I don't know what I'm gonna do for the summer, right? I'm going. I'm gonna be going into my senior the fall after that. So a lot of people are getting internships. I had an internship the summer before, so I was like, I have some experience on my belt, but I didn't really see anything that I was really passionate about, and I didn't want to just get an internship to check off the box. I had done one in the fall and spring semester, so I had actually two internships under my belt, and so for whatever reason. I come up with this idea of 
what if I drove Uber for the summer? What if I stayed in Boston and I made money and that was my job for the summer? I would work when I wanted. I could have flexibility. I could live it up. And I was like, okay, that's not a bad idea. The biggest problem that I had living and growing up in Chicopee, Massachusetts, which is an hour and 20 minutes west of Boston was, okay, I'm not driving to and from the city every day just to drive around for eight hours and then drive back. There's no chance that's happening. I don't remember how the conversation went or how the opportunity got got presented to me, but thankfully, shout out to my cousin Julius Hobart and his lovely wife, Jane Hobart. They lived in Boston right next to Logan Airport. They offered to put me up for the entire summer for free, rent-free. They had a guest bedroom, uh, and they said, you could stay here for the summer. And I was like, man, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. I'm no, I don't have to pay rent. I could hustle my ass off, and I can make some money. So I treated that summer like Uber was a nine-to-five. I would work Monday through Friday, punch out early on Friday, or or sometimes I would wait till Saturday morning. Most of the time, it was Friday night. I would Friday Three o'clock, I was punching out. I'm like, I'm getting out of here before the traffic. I would head home back to Western Mass. I would spend the weekend there, and then I would jet back either Sunday night or or Monday morning after the commute, morning commute. And so that was my hustle all summer. I would just live it up. Thursday nights, I'd go out with with the boys in in Boston. It was great. I was you know living in the city of Boston, where where the college I went to was outside the city. So I was just living it up. I was having the time of my life, and I enjoyed it. It was great. The only thing I had to pay for because my cousin, thankfully, was hooking me up was uh, gas for driving around all day and then food while I was out in Boston. Other than that, it was money in my pocket. So I was probably averaging anywhere between 30 to 35 hours a week. Um, and so I think at the time it was averaging around 850 to 900 bucks a week. Then you got to minus gas. You got to minus putting money aside for taxes. Call, I mean, if we just make it easy, Carl's making 700 bucks for 30, 35 hours a week, hours of working. I was down. I mean, I didn't have any bills at the time. So I was like, this is great. I get to do whatever I want, whenever I want. Awesome. Down for it. Cool. Did that for a whole summer. And it was great. Went back into Bentley for senior year. And so... Once again, driving for Uber becomes just this like super part-time thing. I know going into my senior year, this is the last hurrah. I need to live it up. I'm not going to force myself to drive too much. I once again saved up purposefully knowing that it's going to be senior year. I want to be able to live it up. You know, when you're in college, you, you, you're drinking bush light. You're drinking, um, you're living off of like minimal things. Sometimes you have a meal plan so you're, you, you can... All this debt is just accumulating, but you don't have to worry about it right now, and you have to worry about it right now uh, in this moment. You know, Four years later, I'm paying for it, but at the time, you don't have much bills. So senior at Bentley, once again, Bearded Man 2.0, going out, having a great time, hustling a little bit, maybe working six to eight hours a week at the very most. Sometimes I'd go one or two weeks without doing it. Um, and my whole mindset that entire year was like, I just want to enjoy my senior year. I, I, I feel like... I had heard so many stories of people that stressed out their senior year and they just were trying to figure out the job, trying to figure out this, trying to figure out that. And they spent the whole year stressed out. And then it all, obviously, by the time they graduated, it all fell into place and they enjoyed it. I just had this mindset going in. I'm just going to live it up. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm not going to stress about it. I don't know what I'm doing after college. I know I don't want to just get a job, but I, I'm not going to allow myself to look back on my senior year and be stressed out that I didn't enjoy it. And I didn't live it up. 
So what did I do? I lived it up and I went ham. Throughout that year, senior year, I think I only, I, I, I casually looked for jobs. And I knew if I was going to apply to any job, it was going to have to be a company I was passionate about or it had to be a product I was passionate about. So I remember I looked for a job within Apple. There was nothing that was really pulling me in. I think I did submit an application to Uber headquarters in Boston because I was just so passionate about like the product or service, I should say, and having the experience. I was like, I could take my experience and bring some value to the table because they're probably trying to figure out like, how do we make this more efficient for the drivers? Uh, and so I, I think I applied for like an operations job, never heard back. Uh, I might've looked into Converse, but nothing was pulling at me. Nothing was like, this is what you need to do. And so I just said, screw it. Just kept living up senior year, not stressing it, not stressing it. And then graduation came and that's when it really got interesting for me. Okay. That's when it, it was really time to wake up, bearded man, Bobby, time to wake up. So at this moment in time, graduating in May of 2016, there's a, a Drake quote that's running through my, my mind. Man, what a time to be alive, right? My boy Drake said it. He's saying it much better than that, but you get the point. Um, I was living the best moments of my life leading up to graduation, and now it's here. Graduation day, knocking on my door. Now I really got to figure out my shit. I've been kind of just pushing to the side, haven't been really worrying about it. At this moment in time, I'm, I definitely have the, the seed of wanting to start a podcast. I don't even think I have the branding down yet. I don't even, I'm not even fully committed to it just yet, but I have this idea to maybe start a podcast. So graduation day is one of the most happiest moments in my life. And then also scariest because I was like, yo, I'm graduating college and now I got to figure out my shit. And so it was a weird day looking back on it. Even when I see pictures of myself from that day, I'm just like, man, I, I can see the emotion in me. Like, I was happy, but I was also really scared because everyone around me had jobs lined up. People were moving to different cities. They were going to do this career, do that career. And I was just that guy that just, I don't know what I'm doing. I haven't applied for too many jobs. I have this idea to start a podcast. Like it was just this big question mark. And it was, it was really scary. It was really scary looking back on it. Um, but I just believed in myself. I knew if I just give it time, it's going to work itself out. And so I just, I kept working on it, kept working on it, trying to figure out what am I going to do? What am I going to do? So now it's the summer of 2016. Nothing's lined up. I moved back home. I have six months till college loans kick in. Clock's ticking. So what do I do? I'm figuring out the podcast. Now I'm like passionate about it. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely believing like this is something I need to start and do. But I know that this isn't something I'm working on 50 hours a week, right? This is my first creative thing. I don't know what I'm doing. I have resources and people around me to help me, but I'm still like kind of half-assed and like, should I do this? Should I not do this? Should I do this? Should I not do this? I know that on the side, I'm going to keep working on that, but I need to find a way to start making money immediately. So I moved back home. I know six months is until the college loans are kicking in. So I start working for my, my uncle again, who owns a garden center, class grass garden center in Granby. It was the first job I ever had. Summertime is their busy months. Thankfully, he's just like, hey, come on in if you want to work some hours. We, we need the extra hands. That was also amazing, but also scary because I was like, wow, I have a college degree in my back pocket and I'm back to the first job I ever had. Mind you, this job I had was when I started, I started working for him when I was 12. And the only way, 
reason I was able to finesse the system is because he was my uncle, he was family. But I started working for him when I was 12, all the way through high school up until college, like I worked on and off. And so I'm like working for him, trying to figure out what am I doing next? And then I get connected to this woman who runs a marketing agency. She's essentially a middleman for companies that she will help uh, do samplings at local retailers, right? So you have a vodka company and they want to have their product tested in, I don't know, 50 stores in Western Massachusetts where she was based out of where I was from. And so they would, they would contract the work to her to figure it out. She would have all these relationships with all these retailers throughout Western Mass. And then from there, she would devise a team that would go out and do the samplings. And so she kind of onboarded me on with this whole idea that like, you're going to take over the company. And I was like, oh, this is dope. Like, I'm going to be working with alcohol. I love drinking. Great. This is sick. I get to hire people. That lasted probably less than a month. Definitely was some, not a scam. I don't want to say she was doing anything illegal, but she led me down a path that wasn't true. And then I quickly realized like, this is not going to work out. So I left that. So here we go. Bearded man's just trying to chip away and figure out what in the world is he doing now that he doesn't have college. He's out of college and now it's like time to figure shit out. So once again, putting together the pieces of the puzzle for the podcast, I ended up talking to my buddy, John Williams. I went to college with at Bent. I went to LaSalle college with him. Then I went to school with him out in Bentley. Strike up a conversation with him. He was somebody who was ahead of the ball, graduated, had a job lined up, was going to be working in Boston. Smart man. Good, good for you, John. I was happy for you. And so he hits me up, or I hit him up, and he's in a sublease for the summer, and there's an extra room that is available for seven weeks. They're like, it was like a BU frat house, and they just needed somebody to fill the room. They, didn't, they weren't trying to make a profit. They just needed to make up for some money. And I think they gave me a deal where it was six or seven weeks for... I think it was 900 bucks and that was a steal. I mean, to live in Boston at minimum, if you could find an apartment for, you know, 700 bucks a month, 800 bucks a month for your bedroom, if it was like a two or three bedroom, it's a good deal. So I was hearing, okay, 900 bucks for seven, eight weeks, I'm down. So the only reason I knew I was down was because my mindset was, I'm going to go to Boston and I'm going to drive Uber. I know the money I could make when I was do when I was working the summer before. I knew I knew it was good money, but what if I actually like lived in Boston? What if I didn't come home every weekend? What if I I actually treated it like an opportunity every single day to make some money instead of just treating it like a nine to five? And so for that seven weeks, I just said, let's do it. So I went to Boston once again, working on on purpose in the youth on the side, hustling making money, just driving, 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 trying to stack up, trying to stack up, trying to stack up. So I did that for seven weeks and I saw the benefit of it. I was living in Boston. I was in a major city. I was enjoying it. Um, and at the time it was, it was great. It was, it was helping me pay my bills. So the lease is coming to an end and I'm like, I got to stay in Boston. I know that if I'm going to build a podcast around people and stories, I need to be in a city where it's full of people with unique stories. So I, I looked at John. I said, okay, we're both getting kicked out of this lease. What do you want to do now? Let's get, a, let's get an apartment. So me, him, two other, another buddy from college, and my cousin, we find a four-bedroom. We lock it in for a year. So I'm telling myself, signing this lease, you're signing in knowing you're going to be driving Uber full-time. You're going to be building your podcast on the side. 
and you got to make shit happen. I said, ladies and gentlemen, sign me up. I'm ready to get this freaking party started. September 2017, September 2016, excuse me. I signed a one-year lease in Alston, Massachusetts, where which is like a popping area on 46 Parkvale, apartment number five or six, top floor to the left of the stairs, if anybody, or to the right of the stairs, if anybody wants to be interesting and go check it out. 46 Parkvale. And so now I'm going all in. Now I have a place to live. I'm here for a year, driving Uber. Let's get this freaking cheddar, B.O.B. So my main focus, make as much money as I can, build this podcast on the side. So looking back on average, I was hitting probably anywhere between 1000 to 1200 bucks a week. And that was me grinding a lot. I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of creative things like I, I, I have had in the recent you know year or so. I wasn't doing visuals. I wasn't doing YouTube. So I was just doing audio podcasts. And so I was just hustling, 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 you know. I was netting a thousand to twelve hundred bucks a week, minus I had to put money aside for taxes, for gas, but I was making enough to pay my bills. And I was like, I'm down. There were even some weeks I remember. This is crazy shit. Through Uber, I mean, I'm talking like a 60, 70 hour week. Plus, there was these bonuses that Uber was running. There was a week I hit close to, I think, nineteen hundred dollars. And that was with, I had somebody like sign in. I had somebody sign up for Uber. They were giving out like $700 bonuses on top of like the bonuses I was making. I think one week I netted $1,900 and I was like, holy shit. That didn't happen often, but I was like, man, I'm making good money for Uber. And this is on my own time. This is me driving around people like a taxi service. This is incredible. And I'm getting to meet people. I'm getting to pass out business cards because I'm now I had now I've started the podcast right September I'm I'm already doing the podcast it's a weekly thing I'm pitching business cards I'm making money I'm you know I'm just fully committing to to doing this and so I got into like this routine where I would wake up early by six get on the road by six thirty a.m. I would deal with the morning commute till about ten a.m. Then there'd be like this quiet period throughout the middle of the day because people are at work people are doing their shit. And that's when I would use my that time for creative. So then I would, Boston's a, a big, small city, as many would know it as, where there's a, a lot of things going on, but it's not that big of a city. So even if I was on the farthest side of the city, I, with in the middle of the day, I could be back in my apartment in 15, 20 minutes. Also because I was freaking whipping, dude. I was, I was one of the best early on. So I would use the middle of the day from 10 a.m. till about 2, 3 p.m. for my creative things. Uh, this is when I'd be doing research, reaching out to guests, I was also debating doing real estate at one point. So I was like studying for that exam. That didn't actually happen. And so I would get back on the road around two, three o'clock, drive through till about 10 or 11, do it all over again. And that was pretty much the lifestyle I was living in Boston. And and when the weekends would come, I was hustling hard. Um, If I didn't have anything going on, I would just get up early. I mean, there were definitely some savage days where I would get on the road by 7, 8 a.m. I would fill up my gas tank and I would drive until 11 p.m. I would pack lunches. I had a a cooler. Uh, I would stop and get coffee every once in a while. I knew where all the cheap shit was, but I would hustle. I would put in 12, 13, 14 hour days. I would never push myself past exhaustion and like be half eyes. If there was ever a moment where I felt tired, I I would call it a night, but just whether it was because I was taking care of myself physically, mentally, um, the food I was eating, uh, drinking coffee, uh, taking breaks periodically throughout the day, 
I just was able to go. Also being somebody with a lot of energy, I was able to go for long, long, long periods of time. And so I just kept driving and I kept driving and I knew that every single dollar I was making, I was just gonna be able to reinvest in myself. I wasn't going out spending it on dumb shit. I very, very rarely was even going out grabbing drinks for people, especially that post year college, like everyone's starting to make money. So they're out, you know, spending it on the weekends. I wasn't in that position. I didn't I couldn't just go out and spend the money because if I was out spending it, it was taking away from me driving and making money. So I just I just got so narrowed in on like I know what I need to do. I gotta go all in. I need to invest every single dollar into myself. I need to save up everything because I don't know I don't know where this is going and I, I need to be ready. So I went ham. But what I loved about what I loved about that first year in Boston was it really, it gave it gave me the ability to obviously really work on my own time, which was the most important thing. As I was starting to podcast, I was able to reach out to people and say, hey, you know, you're down to do this podcast, great. When can you do it? And I would structure my whole day around them. So if they could only do it on a Tuesday at 11 a.m., I was down. If they could do it Friday at 2 p.m., I was down. Sunday at 4, perfect, I'm down. I could structure my entire life around these podcasts because I just believed like this was the engine. This is the vehicle I needed to go. This is before anybody was paying attention. This is before, I, I don't even know what the number of plays were at the time, less than 5,000 total. I mean, I just believed like, I just, I knew this was what I needed to do. So Boston driving that full year gave me, you know, the ability to recognize like I can create my own schedule and also taught me the importance of time management. As I was, as I was saying, I was recognizing like if I'm out, Spending a hundred dollars tonight—that's really two to three hundred dollars because I could have I could have been driving and made a hundred fifty that day or maybe even two hundred. So I quickly was realizing like time management, and I was just doing a lot of networking. Like I had said, I was passing out business cards to almost every rider. I'll never forget those early moments where I'm like, "Hey, I, I'm I, I just I didn't even care. Hey, I'm starting this podcast or I've started this podcast. It's going to be about artists, DJs, producers, entrepreneurs. It's going to be really dope." And I just remember. It's going to be, it's going to be like trying to pitch it to people. And then at some point that changed, you know, within like three to six months where I was like, oh, this podcast is actually about artists, DJs, producers, entrepreneurs, like that change of it's going to be to it is, was the best feeling in the world. Um, and crazy enough that year in Boston, because I wasn't doing a lot of the visual content, it was just solely audio and it was such, it was so much my, my first audio or creative thing. I somehow finessed and netted $77,000 through Uber because I was hustling heavy. Doesn't then That doesn't count gas. That doesn't count taxes. That doesn't, that doesn't count anything, car payment, all that. So minus all those expenses, taxes, blah, blah, blah. I ended up, I think it was around near 50000 50, But to see like the, the gross of 77000 through driving Uber on my full time, I was like, this is incredible. I couldn't get it. I couldn't get a starting job that was paying anywhere near that salary. Even though I wasn't pocketing seventy-seven, there was no salary I was going to get that was going to tell me this top line of uh, a salary of seventy-seven thousand dollars. So I'd saved up probably five to seven grand, right? So this is now. This is the. This is August of twenty seventeen. I'm. I'm solely set. I'm moving to LA. I've already. I've been counting down the days since I moved into my Boston apartment. I knew one year in Boston, I'm going to LA. I had five to seven grand saved up. All my credit card debt was paid off. I had paid all my taxes. And I'm like, all right, I know I can make money driving in Boston for Uber. It's got to be the same for LA. 
let's go to LA. And before we do, let's have a quick water break. Mm. Mm. Every freaking time. Every time. Just it just tastes so damn good. All right. So now we're moving to now we're moving to LA. This is where the party starts. It's real started for the bearded man. So looking back on Boston, I know I can make a living driving Uber. No questions asked. I just know it's gonna be a change when I go to LA. I don't know the city. I don't know what the rates are out there. But I know that I could potentially make a living driving Uber full time once again. I'm just gonna have to figure it out when I get out there. I knew that was gonna be my my way to make money. I was moving out here to continue building Purpose in the Youth podcast. Um, I was gonna be living out here at, at the first content crib with my with friends of mine. Um, I had a small network of people already living in LA, so I had quote unquote a plan, right? I didn't have a true true plan, but I I had the outline of what I needed to do when I got here. I knew I was gonna be driving a lot for Uber. I knew I was building my podcast. I knew I had friends to live with. I knew I had a network. Now let's just go figure it all out. So some might, that's not really a plan, but it kind of was a plan. And so I said, let's do it. Move out to LA, September, 2017. I crushed the streets of Boston. Time to take my talents to LA. Time to crush those LA streets. And I did. Um, with LA being a completely new city, I quickly realized this is gonna be the greatest way to learn the city. Very intimidating because you're talking about a massive city. You're talking about just a whole new territory, right? I had visited LA growing up and for business trips, but I wasn't driving through the streets of Compton, Watts, Beverly Hills. I wasn't going through the Malibu Mountains. I wasn't out in Long Beach. I wasn't in Orange County, Anaheim. I mean, I, through Uber, saw everything all the way out to West Covina, to Rancho Cucamongo. To, I mean, every single part of LA. If you look at LA, you look at downtown LA and you look at a 50 mile radius around that city. I saw everything within two years. I mean, we're talking probably 85,000 miles crushed in two years. That is a lot of miles to cover. And I saw it all. And it was absolutely amazing to learn the city. What was so interesting when I was driving Uber would be the days I would go from like driving in Bel Air or Beverly Hills or Brentwood or Westwood. And for people listening or that know LA, maybe don't, that's like the most bougiest part of LA. I loved it. I'd be driving through the hills and picking people up, driving people off. I'm like, this is great. It's freaking bliss. It's beautiful. And then that same day, not even an hour, two hours later, because of how Uber works, I'd pick up somebody from Bel Air. They would be going to downtown LA. And then I'd pick somebody up in downtown LA. Then they're going to, uh, you know, somewhere south of that. Uh, and then I'd end up in Compton and Watts. So I was seeing two completely different worlds within a two hour time frame, And it was, there was so much perspective I was gaining just seeing it. I mean, Boston, don't get me wrong. There are definitely some really nice neighborhoods. And then there were some, you know, I don't know if you want to use the word ghetto, if that's okay or whatever, but I was seeing both sides of the spectrum there. But I think LA's a whole nother level because of the amount of money in the city. So you're talking about, I mean, I was seeing and dropping people off at $50 million places, and then I was dropping people off at some some really bad parts of LA. So I was seeing some huge, a huge gap, uh, and it was a great way to learn the city, and I just crushed through. And, I, and a little differently than 
Boston is I, I started to restructure my my schedule. I wasn't doing like this whole split the morning commute, do like midday my time, and then afternoon is when I get back on the road. LA, that was impossible because of the traffic, the city. I mean, it can take an hour to get from one side of the city to another, and I knew there's no way I'm going to be able to finesse this, the same type of schedule that I was finessing in Boston. I mean, you have highways, 405, where it's eight lanes on each side. It's just absolute. It's just I, I literally felt like I was becoming a NASCAR driver, moving to LA and driving Uber because it's just this city is massive. The 101, the 5, the 405. I mean, just the 118. I, I was seeing it all, the valley, all the way out to Sherman Oaks, to uh, every part of LA, right? Um, so I restructured my schedule. And so for the last, so from when I moved out here in September of 2017, all the way up to October of 2019, my schedule was pretty much the same. Even though with Uber, you work on your own time, you drive as much or as little as you want. I found hacks to how to make the most amount of money in the time that I'm driving and what's going to work best for me. Because with Uber, it's not that it's not the hours that you put in. It's what hours that you actually do put in because you have weekends that are peak hours. The prices go up. You have bonuses on the weekend. So it's not one of those things you could, if I treated it like a nine to five where I worked Monday through Friday, nine to five hours, it would be, I would be making probably less money than if I had treated it the way that I did, which is like hacking the system and working when it was most optimal, which tends to be sometimes not the most ideal hours to work. But I knew there's no option B. I got to, I got to figure this out. I knew that I was making less money in Boston. I was making less money in LA because the rates were cheaper out here. And what screwed me was the cost of living was higher. So now I go from a place of Boston, I'm making less and also my expenses of living just went up. I didn't have an option. So how did my schedule look Monday to Sunday? Looking back, it was a freaking ride. I'm it's crazy to think about, think back on like, this is the schedule that I lived off of since I moved to LA for almost two and a half years. Wasn't the most healthiest, but I, when you're in it, you just, you don't think about it and you just do what you have to do. And you don't think that this, you're going to be doing this for two and a half years. You're just taking it one day at a time and you're just trusting and believing that someday it's going to all pay off. And it did. But looking back, it was, it was, it was just a grind. It was it was all work, all work, and very rarely play. So my Monday through Friday grind looked like this. Monday, solely blocked off for Creative Day. This was me just focusing on uh, editing the podcast, getting it ready for the for the uh, the week to roll out on Wednesday. Monday was just focus on podcast and creative stuff. That's it. And it would take me a lot of, most of the day because sometimes I was making clips, sometimes I was I was sending them out to multiple editors to create. Instagram content. There was just a lot of stuff on the back end that I didn't know how to make more efficient, and I learned along the way how to make it more efficient. Monday, creative day. Tuesday, first half of the day was spent doing creative as well, getting the final touches, getting everything ready for the podcast to roll out. And then I would get on the road by usually 2 to 3 p.m., and I would drive through until 10 or 11 o'clock at night. So you figure in the morning's creative. Afternoons, eight to anywhere between eight to ten hours of driving Uber to pay the bills. Wednesday would come, I would drop the podcast in the morning, and usually it'd be wrapped up with that around one, two o'clock, and then just like clockwork, fill up my lunch bag, get in the car, get my water ready, get my coffee ready, fill up gas tank if I need to, cruise on through till ten, eleven o'clock at night. 
Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, depending on the schedule, were pretty much the same. I specifically and strategically would, would book podcasts on one of those three days, and I would book them for 11 a.m. 11 a.m. because one, it would get, it would allow, because I was in the valley, I was in Sun Valley, right? I knew a lot of the guests that I was reaching out to, they would have to commute to me and they probably would take them 30 to 40 minutes. So I was doing it where I wanted to get them into the studio before, or excuse me, I wanted to get them in the studio after the morning commute and I wanted to get them out of the studio before the afternoon commute, trying to respectfully get them in and out as fast and efficient as possible. And at the same time, because I was structuring where I was driving at the end of the day, I wanted to get them in around 11, which meant I could spend the morning going to the gym, getting mentally primed up for the day physically as well, get some breakfast in me, get prepped, start rolling around 11 a.m., have them out by 1, 2 o'clock, get back on the road, do the same thing. So Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I would try to book podcasts. I, I was doing a weekly podcast for three years essentially. So one of those days there would be a podcast, and if it wasn't a podcast, I would pretty much do – spend those two to three hours in the morning researching for an upcoming podcast I have, reaching out to guests, doing whatever I need to do, get on the road once again, 2 to 3 p.m., drive through till 10 or 11. And then, uh, you know, I would do that on Saturdays. If for some reason on Saturday I didn't have any guests, I'd get up earlier and just drive all day. Sundays I would get on the road usually around 7, 8 a.m. and then drive through till about 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 p.m., it was very dependent on how did that week go? Did I make enough money? Can I can I allow myself to relax? Did I have a lot of creative things? Did I go to a lot of networking events and now I got to catch up and make money? My goal, my goal was always to hit gross around $1,000 per week. Most of the time it was a little under. It'd be like nine, nine fifty. Um, sometimes I was able to get a little bit above if I didn't have any podcasts I was recording that week. Um, but I, I just I was I was learning how to make the best of the money that I had, and I, I had to. There was no option B. Um, and on average, I think it was probably like twenty to twenty-two bucks an hour I was making with Uber. The weekends when it was really busy it was probably around thirty. Once again, you got to account for taxes, gases. It might even with all that factor, maybe I was making sixteen, seventeen dollars an hour. I don't know, but. I was just hustling. I was just making it work. And I, I just didn't allow myself to get side distracted. And I just got really good at saying no to things because once again, I realized if I say yes to this, it's it's pulling me away from making money. And so just knowing I had to make use of every single dollar that I made, I was just getting really good on like, is this worth my time or not? Would it be more beneficial to drive Uber? Yes. And it was an easy out where I could be like, sorry, I got to work tonight. Most people, if you're hustling and you're working, doing what you got to do, they're not going to knock you for it. If you're like, yeah, man, I don't want to go to this event tonight, they might be like, all right, that's lame. But if you're like, yo, sorry, I got an Uber, I got to pay the bills, nobody's really calling you out for that. So I just kept driving, I kept driving, I kept driving. So my expenses in LA, right, up until like the last year, like 2019, right, I just want to give people some perspective. Um, Boston, once again, I was I was making more money because I wasn't doing as many creative things. I wasn't, uh, I, I just, I had more time so and I was making more money because their rates were higher. So I was able to crush and make more money. LA was a shift. Wasn't making as much money. Thankfully I had gotten a hybrid moving out to LA. So that helped me with gas mileage where I was getting close to 35, 40 miles a gallon. If I had not done that, I would have screwed myself and I, I, I would have been in trouble. Um, but my expenses in LA 
at least before I moved to the new house, um, was something like this. Just to give you guys and gals some perspective of like, you can make this shit work. You definitely can. Um, you have $700 for student loans. You have $300 for a car payment. You have $240 for car insurance. You have 70 bucks, which was like gym and internet fees. You have $1,000 for rent. You have $60 per week on groceries. Uh, you have uh, $135 a week for gas. Total monthly expenses was around $2,900, okay? Now, even if I hit $1,000 a week on driving Uber, that's giving me $1,100 to play with. That's before taxes, and that's if I hit the 1,000. There were a lot of times I wasn't hitting that 1,000 a week, so I was making nine, or like maybe it was a super busy week with like opportunities and networking. I was closer to seven, eight. It was not easy. There were definitely some bonuses that I that I that would happen along the way that kind of gave me that boost, and that was super helpful. Um, so I learned how to make use of every dollar, and I ran up my credit card to probably around ten grand because I was if I needed equipment or I needed to buy things that were gonna allow me to, you know, boost things up. I wasn't buying things. I wasn't buying clothes. I wasn't buying shoes. I wasn't. I was buying the bare minimum to get by. And I ran my credit card up to 10 grand. I was making the minimum payments because I just, I believed, I was just like, I know this shit's gonna work out. I know this shit's gonna work out. I mean, there were times, I remember even in March of this year where freaking, it's just like, you get so, I was so set on the schedule and I knew that I needed to work and I needed to pay these bills that like, any disruption would screw me up. And I remember there was this hiccup in Uber one time in March where they screwed up on their system and it pretty much disabled all Uber driver, most Uber drivers' accounts. And it was a Friday night. I was out in the middle of Venice. It's like 4.35 p.m. It's like hop. And this is like two and a half times the surge of the rate. The rates are going up. And I get shut off Uber. They're like, yep, you got to come see our office. It's not open until Monday. I just remember like... <laughs> Uh, I freaking called my mother and I was like choking up because I was just so frustrated that I couldn't drive and make money and that I know that I needed every single dollar at that moment in time to help pay these bills and that if I wasn't able to drive, I wasn't going to make the $150, $200 that night, which was going to set me back in the week. And so there were there were mental challenges times um, like that where just you you're just, you're so in it. You're so in it and it's so much your 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 bread and butter and that was scary to me because i always i also recognized during this time like if uber was to leave what am i going to do if if my car you know there were times when i had to bring my car into the repair shop that's downtime so i would strategically try to place it on those mondays or tuesdays where i was already doing creative things so it wasn't disrupting my time but i got very lucky because i didn't face any major 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 issues with my vehicle but i also recognized like yo you are literally, all your chips is on this car right now. Like if this shit shits the bed or Uber locks up or something happens, like you are screwed and you're gonna have to figure out plan B. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the last, for those two years in LA, it was just a hustle. It was a grind. It was just a belief that like, I gotta take, a, I just gotta keep driving. And I kept telling myself that at some point it's all gonna change. Fast forward to October, it all changed. But before that, let me sip some water. 
Mm. I hope you guys and gals are really enjoying this po- these podcasts and me just yapping away, talking my ass off. I've been talking for 48 minutes straight. Holy shnikes. I don't know if I would even want to listen to somebody talk that long, but I hope somebody's listening at this point. Um, the moment it all changed. Thursday, October 10th, 2019, 10.08 p.m. I post on an Instagram story telling the world I'm getting off the Uber grind. I'm giving myself to the beginning of 2020. If you see this, hold me to it. Hold me accountable. I'm off the grind. I'm getting out of here. And that was me coming back, which I've talked about in past podcasts, which I've talked about a bunch of times. That was me coming back from a family vacation back to the East Coast. Me just having great conversations with people that was like light bulb moment of like, you got to figure your shit out. You got to get off the Uber grind. And I, I had just, it was it was the first day back from from the East Coast. It was my first day driving. I got home. I wasn't even going to post it. And I just told myself, I got I to gotta put it out there to the world. I need to tell the world how I'm feeling. I just need a, I need to tell the world. And there's always been so much relief and so much like sigh of breath of like fresh breath air when, when you just let that out there to the world. And uh, that was the the next morning. I woke up to a DM from Brandon Cohen, the founder and CEO of Liquid IV, saying, "Yo, do you have time to hop on a call today? I want to talk to you about something." And reading that DM in my gut, I knew this is something, and this might literally be my key out of the Uber grind. And um, you know, looking back on it, it's like, what if I didn't post that on Instagram? Right? I almost didn't post it because I was like, nobody gives a shit. Nobody wants to hear talking about it. Like, figure your shit out, Bobby. Everyone just got their own problems. The other, the other side of the coin is like, even though I posted it, what if Brandon never saw it? What if he never checked Instagram that night? Um, you know, maybe there's a chance I never would have this position at Liquid IV. But what I've realized is sometimes you got to tell the world exactly what you're looking for. And I think it's a balance of, not bragging like, hey, world, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. I'm so cool. And then not delivering on what you're going to do. Like show the world the process of you doing those things, right? Like show it. Don't tell it. Show it. But I also think there's moments where putting your voice to the world and telling the world exactly what you're looking for, it can help be helpful because you never know who's watching you. You never know. And uh, that's when it all changed for me. And it's been a literally game changer and i reflect on it i promise you every single day final uber stats nineteen thousand two total rides the reason there was an extra two total rides was because the last night of me driving uber i had hit eighteen thousand nine hundred and ninety rides i went to sleep and i was like am i really about to end my uber career with that number i said absolutely not i woke up the next morning around 7 30 a.m on a sunday I got to go finish this. I got to hit the 19,000. I need to I need to leave on that number. As I'm approaching the 19,000th ride, I realize, holy shit, I'm two rides away from a bonus of, I don't know, it was $100 at the time. And I was like, man, I could, I could end it at 19,000. That's a sweet ride. Or I can end it at 19,002 and get that extra bonus. And being the man that I am, the hustler, I said, I'm getting that two rides. So I got it and I got that final bonus. So 19,002 total rides. I finished with a 4.97 star rating out of five. So that's that's pretty damn good, I'd say, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not trying to toot my own horn. Um, and my biggest achievement was Rider Preferred in 2018, top 2%, baby. Let's go. They sent me a sticker. I had it in my car. Still got it. Never getting rid of it. Six of the biggest lessons I learned from Uber. There's definitely a lot more, but these were six that I thought were really important. One ride at a time, one step at a time. 
I had no clue how long I was going to be driving for that platform, but I just took it one ride at a time. And I did that consecutively for 19,002 rides. It would have been extremely overwhelming and probably would have given me a lot of anxiety if you told me like in the beginning, yo, you're going to do this 19,002 rides. I would have been like, holy shit, that's a lot. That's too many. I don't want to do this. But I just took it one ride at a time. I didn't think about how long am I going to be doing this? How many how many more rides do I have to do? I just kept looking at it as one day at a time. I knew that was the only thing I could, I could control. And so I just did it one ride at a time. And that got me to where I am today. Second lesson, every person has a story to tell. I've had every type of person in my vehicle that you could ever imagine. I've had people from over 75 countries in my vehicle. Uber provides stats. It's crazy. I couldn't believe it when I saw that. But I've had everything from people extremely financially set to people with absolutely nothing. But I always realized you don't know the full story of somebody until you start asking questions. So I would get into these conversations with people in Uber, talking about life, talking about what got them to where they are today, where they're from, the lessons, what they're going through in their life right now. It was literally a therapy session. People would get in my car and I'd say, hey, how, how, how are you doing today? Boom. No, they wouldn't even think about it. I was their therapist. They would go ham, tell me anything and everything. And honestly, it was enjoyable because it helped me get through the day. If I wasn't talking to the customers, I would listen to Joe Rogan's podcast or, or many other ones. But you don't know the full story until you start asking questions around people. Number three, become an excellent listener, going right off of that. You can learn a lot from other people's experiences. A lot of times I was just listening to people. They were venting. They were telling me anything and everything. They were pitching me their ideas. They were telling me what you know, everything about their life. And I just I, I saw the value just becoming an excellent listener and, and and how I could learn from other people's experiences not going through that experience. Like if I think there's a lot of things in this world where you kind of have to and want to figure it out for yourself, or even if people are like, nah, you're not gonna like that. Let me go figure that out. But there's certain there were there have been topics where I was like, I don't ever want to be in that position. And just hearing your experience, I can actually understand and see. I can understand and I, I feel like I experienced it with you through you telling me that story. So you can learn through other people's experience by becoming a, an excellent listener. Next, never take it personal. Never take it personal. When a stranger makes an unfair comment or uncomfortable thing comment to you, let it flow in one ear and out the other. Uh, most of the time, 99% of the time, Uber riders are great, no problems. Hi, how you doing? Great, how you doing? Cool. They would sit there on their phone, listen to music, bump podcasts, whatever it might be. But there are always those people that felt entitled. They, th they thought because they were paying for the ride, I'm there. I'm just like their guy. Like they could say whatever they want to me. They can make me stop at the grocery store. They can make me do this. They can make me do that. Not happening on my watch. I was very good with just keeping my mouth shut, keeping it professional. But in my mind, I was like, you do not run me. You don't know. I am the bearded man, ladies and gentlemen. You are not running the show. I'm running the show. I'm driving the damn car. Get out the car. Or let's keep it moving. But never take it personal from other people you don't know, or just in general. If it, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, let that energy come into you and let it leave as fast as possible. Next lesson, always move forward. Keep going, just like the, the tattoo that I have on my arm pointing forward, the only tattoo that I have. Always move forward. No matter how good or bad a ride I had, I would drop them off, pick up the next one, and I just kept going regardless. There were those times where I was just like, when is this chapter gonna end with Uber? When am I gonna not be doing this? Didn't know when, didn't know how, but I just kept going. I kept moving forward. I kept taking it one ride at a time. There were times where I had Uber drivers that I would drop them off. I'm like, man, why, why am I doing this? Like dealing with people like this, this is not fair. This is not cool. 
It's okay, Bobby. Keep going. The next rider would be great. It would remind me of why I love doing what I do. And there were multiple times where I was like, I can't believe I'm getting – I would tell the riders too. I'm like, I can't believe I'm getting paid to do this right now. Those Friday nights, 10 p.m. bumping music. I got a car full of people getting ready for the night. I'm like their pregame of the pregame, getting them hyped up. I was like, this is the greatest job in the world. Like I'm getting paid to do this. Um, and it was great. So always, always move forward. Lastly, one that I really recognized in the last three months, keep your eyes on the road, right, as you're moving forward. But stop and look around often. Stop and look around, right? Um, anytime I'm in an Uber now, I'm just like looking out the window like a kid in a candy store. Like I, I can't believe like I never noticed that palm tree that looks so beautiful that I drove by 19,000 times or I never realized the mountains over there to the left. Because when I was driving, I was always just so focused on going forward. I never was able to really just stop and look around. And now that I have the time and I have the ability to do that, especially if I'm in an Uber, I'm just looking out the window like a little kid, just like, this is beautiful. This is the place that I've been dreaming of living in and I've been driving in for two plus years and I haven't even taken the time to just stop and look around. And being able to do that has been incredible. It's just given me so much appreciation for actually being here um and now it's like being able to drive around and stop every once in a while and just look around and be like yo this is the place that you live like you got yourself here it feels incredible um yeah so just stop and stop and look around every once in a while um bearded man community questions there's only two there's a bunch of them but there was two that i wanted to talk about talk about real quick and two specific and the first one multiple people asked they always want to know bearded man uh best and worst uber stories i mean i got submissions from my man reese hopper tommy teat uh joey pasatari ben logan and a few others everyone wants to know the best and worst uber stories my favorite story from boston would be i picked up a gentleman at the hotel commonwealth he gets in the car it's a beautiful summer day he says he's going to Fenway Park, which is literally 0.3 miles away. And I ask him, like, I was kind of ticked off that he wanted to take an Uber ride 0.3 miles. Like, if you're taking an Uber ride under half a mile and you're not physically, like, impaired or you're not in a rush or you don't have, like, a bunch of things you're carrying, I'm just like, dude, walk. Hello. Beautiful out. Enjoy life. Use your walking sticks. Come on. <laughs> well, not the right guy to make that comment to because... He immediately is like, "Oh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pitching tonight for the uh, against the Red Sox, so I, I don't want to be seen." And I was like, "Oh, my bad. No big deal. Just taking a quick oobs to Fenway Park to get ready for your baseball game tonight." Don't remember the player's name because I was just I felt like an asshole. Um, that was one of my favorite moments from Boston. There's probably more, but I just I, I'm, I let myself think about these stories real quick, and that was and just went to it. Worst story from Boston was a woman. Picked up on a Tuesday night with her boyfriend from a concert venue, which is now called the Rockland Trust Bank Pavilion. It's in Seaport. Pick up this couple. Again, my car. I'm like, this is the last ride of night. It's not a Tuesday. It's probably 10 o'clock. Start driving. All of a sudden, I just I hear splashes behind me where the woman's sitting. And I know immediately, as soon as I hear them, I'm like, that is not water. It's not a liquid. It's a liquid, but it's coming through some human body. And this girl yacked on my car. Luckily, it was just on the floor mat. I had a, these rubber mats, so I pull over and make the boyfriend pick up the rubber mat, clean it off. I didn't even ask him to, but he took his water bottle, started pouring it. He's apologizing. And I'm just like, yo, man, like, I'm sorry, but like, 
you clearly, I'm sorry, but your girl made a mess in my car. It didn't make that much of a mess, but I knew I had to go clean it. I was like, I got to cancel the ride right here. Went home, scrubbed it out. They got charged for, I think it was 150 bucks. At the time, Uber was just like, if you throw up in somebody's car, this is the bill. And because the way the woman projected into my car, I was able to clean it myself. It took me 15 minutes. And so I made 150 bucks. I was like, yo, I'm down. Favorite stories from LA. LA is when I really, like, I was like, wow, these are some crazy, this is going to take me to some crazy places. Within the first two months of, of driving in LA, I pick up a gentleman in Fat Burger in Studio City off Ventura Boulevard. Young guy gets in the back of my car. I'm like, what's good, bro? How you doing? Not bad, man. How you doing? We're, we're just broing out. I'm like, oh, where you going? Oh, I'm going back to work. I plug it in my little Uber app. It says we're going over the hill, and I don't realize we're going into Bel Air. Until we get over the hill, we're shooting the shit. It says, welcome to Bel Air. I'm like, oh, dope. And it says like ETA like four minutes. So I look at the guy in the rear view. We're, we're talking about whatever, and I'm like, yo, you said you're going to work, right? yeah, yeah. I'm like, you work in Bel Air? It's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, do you mind if I ask what you do? Because for people listening, like Bel Air is just residential. There's no commercial. It's extremely wealthy neighborhood. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing in Bel Air, dude? Very low key. She's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a chauffeur driver for Jay Z. I, I drive uh, his daughter Blue Ivy. I was like, oh word. So you're telling me we're we're going to Jay Z's house right now? He's like, yeah. I was like, that's pretty baller. Uh, pull up to Jay-Z's crib. I had to leave him out at the gate and I had to pull away before he could open up the gate. But I was like, yeah, this is pretty, pretty dope. Uh, another great story. I picked up um, one of Diddy's property managers at his house in Bel Air. Once again, in Bel Air. Funny thing is him and Jay-Z live probably a mile and a half from each other, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, so seeing Diddy's crib, I was like, this is really nice. Um, <laughs> another great story is I picked up a girl that I had a one night stand with in the Bahamas my senior year of college. Extremely awkward, but hilarious at the same time. Um, a little context, my phone broke in the Bahamas. I was not able to follow up with her after the trip as I would have because I'm a kind gentleman, but I knew she was from Ohio. And uh, for whatever reason, girl gets in my car. This is like, I don't know, a weekday night. It's like dark out. She gets in my car and literally like a week before Two weeks before, I was running another podcast with my roommates, and I had told the story about this girl that I met. She gets in the car, and I say, oh, you're going to blah, blah, yep. And I kind of make a subtle eye contact with her, trying not to be like a weird guy in, when I was driving Uber. Oh, yeah, okay, cool. And I start driving away, and she just says, do you remember me? And I'm like, I immediately, because we had just talked about the stories from the Bahamas, I was like, this is the girl from the Bahamas. And I look up, and I literally... Don't even think twice. I go, the Bahamas? She's just like, yup. And I was like, holy shit. I was just talking about you. That's another story for another day. So that was a pretty interesting ride. Um, another good story. I picked up Ben Savage, who is also known as Corey Matthews from Boy Meets World. That was pretty incredible. As a childhood, in my childhood, I watched Boy Meets World every day when I'm growing up. And so seeing him get in my car, I, I saw him make eye contact with me and my childhood flashed before my eyes, like making toast with butter, like my mom telling me to go get out to the bus stop or I'm going to miss it. Like all these like early moments of my childhood just flashed before my eyes. And I was like, wow, this is Lily Corey Matthews. Worst stories of LA. Um, very quickly driving in LA. I got hit by an 80 year old man who should not have been driving. So that wasn't fun. Luckily, nobody was hurt. My car wasn't too, too damaged, but that wasn't ideal. Um, 
other part of LA was dealing with a, a bunch of entitled you know what's that wasn't fun um and just a lot of stories I heard it was uh you know it gave a lot of perspective I, there's one story I'll never forget where I pick up this woman she's bawling her eyes out she's probably around my age early 20s and I'm like are you okay like is everything good and she goes on to tell me that you know she just found out she's pregnant her boyfriend's a junkie. He's into a lot of bad drugs. And she told her parents, and they pretty much disowned her and don't want her to be part of their life. And it was really eye-opening. And it was like, I just, I didn't know what to do. I just, there was nothing I could do. And I was bringing her to her friend's house. And she was just crying and crying. And uh, I felt bad. I felt like there was nothing I could really do. But there, were, there weren't a lot of stories like that. But just hearing people's stories and what they were going through in their life really opened my eyes to life and this world that we live in and how it's all perspective and how some people go through some real shit and what's rough moments for me is the dream for other people and it's truthful uh the next and last bearded man community question that i had was from dynamic visuals who asked what do you miss about it but then also another question from ben bradford which was what was the biggest difficulty in moving into an office job versus slaying the streets Pretty much these questions go together, so I combined them. And also, shout out to Ben for versus slaying the streets. I think I coined that for the Uber life. So if anybody, any other Uber driver out there is saying slaying the streets, there is no one better that slayed the streets than the bearded man. Top 2% of the world. Got a sticker to prove it. 19,002 rides under my belt. Hit me up. But I love that question. And I love that he recognized like slaying the streets. It's literally incredible. Um, So what do I miss about it? nothing that sounds really harsh but i don't miss it i don't miss it because i love the life i'm living now and it's i'm literally just tweeted this out the other day i'm living mentally physically career-wise spiritually the best moments of my life and i recognize it and i appreciate it and i'm saying it to the world in a form of gratitude not a flex not because i think i'm cooler than anybody else I just recognize how lucky i am to be living this life and how it's gonna how it is getting better um the only thing I could say, which answers his question and as well as Ben, the only thing that I, I could say that I miss, which was hard with the office job, which really wasn't hard to adjust to, was not working on my own time. The beauty with Uber was like, you just make your own hours and you work as much or as little as you want, and I loved that. But the flip side of that is that when you're working in office hours, you have guidelines. You have certain hours that you know you're there to work. And when you're not there, it's easy to flip off the switch. Not always easy, but it's easier to flip off the switch. And like when I get home, I know I'm done with liquid IV for the day. Sometimes my mind is still running. I'm still thinking about things, but it's not as often or as much as when I was driving Uber where it's like every hour of every day I could be driving Uber. I could be creating. It was like I, I just let that shit get to my head. So truthfully, I don't miss it. And... Yeah, I just don't miss it. I'm just, I'm happy to be where I'm at. I had my cousin chime in the other day asking, like, you think you'll ever go back out there just for shits and gigs or like make some content? No, no, that's it. And that's also why, once again, I, um, I put out the, the thank you Uber piece, which you can go view today if you haven't seen it yet. It's already out, but, um, that's it. I, I that was a, a great chapter of my life for you know, four and a half years, three and a half of it full time, but I don't miss it. So as we wrap up today, I hope this kind of gives you guys and gals, usually I write like a little wrap up bullet points and I forgot, but I, I hope this gives you guys and gals a little insight as to how important Uber was a role in getting me to where I am today. And 
how I just figured out along the way, how I just kept, you know, the big lessons like I, like I was talking about earlier. I, I focused on one ride at a time. I realized every person had a story to tell. These were the lessons that I learned through the Uber. Um, I just got really good at listening, learned not to take things personal, learned to get really good at time management, was always moving forward, and I always kept my eyes on the road, and I, and I realized throughout the years how important it was to look around. But Uber for, has been one of the biggest parts of my life, and it gave me that flexibility. It gave me the ability to work on my own time, to meet some incredible people, to learn LA 85,000-plus miles throughout the city. Um, and I'm super thankful for it, super thankful for what that platform provided me. And I hope it provides the value to many other creatives out there that are trying to figure out their process right now and trying to find a way to fund everything they're doing. Be smart with your money, make every dollar count, and it, it is totally possible. Let me be an example. I did 19,002 rides of it and it paid off. It can work for you. Don't think you're going to have to hit the 19,000 to be successful or to get the, the thing, get to the place you want to go. Just worry about it one ride at a time and just do what you got to do to hustle to get by because you're going to learn a lot about yourself. You're going to appreciate these moments. And now where I'm at today, looking back on it, I'm very still trying to operate that same mindset of like operate bare minimum. Don't go out and bougie up and buy stupid shit. Pay off this credit card debt. Still got to pay off that debt. It didn't just disappear. Um, but take the lessons you learn and, and, and carry that with you for the rest of your life. And the stories will forever be part of my journey. So as we wrap up, I, I hope this podcast brought you guys and gals some value. Hope it was just insightful, entertaining, or just um, kind of gives you a little behind the scenes look of what it was like to hustle the streets of Boston and then LA from one coast to the other and how I was able to just kind of finesse and find my way through it all. Um, if you guys and gals enjoyed this podcast, please screenshot it, post it to your Instagram story, tagging me at Bay bl 3 bs 4 as and a Y. That helps get the word out about the podcast. And as I said earlier, we're at 25 iTunes reviews. We're trying to get to 40. So if you have a moment today, please, please, please head over to the iTunes podcast app. Type in It's the Bearded Man podcast. Scroll to the bottom when you find my podcast. Write a review and just tell me how you're feeling about it. Um, super helpful to us. I'm not going to sit here and try to pitch it to you every time, but I got to keep reminding people because if they're enjoying the podcast and they want to see it grow, that's just going to help us get more ratings. And it's going to help us grow this uh, to a bigger project. Um, if you have a topic you would like me to cover, feel free to shoot me a DM, shoot me uh, an email, uh, poke me on Facebook, shoot me a tweet. Um, if you get a chance today, also head over to my either Instagram or check out my YouTube channel. You could check out the Thank You Uber piece. After hearing this, maybe it'll be really cool to kind of close the chapter with me on it uh, through that piece. But um, I greatly appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to this podcast and as much or as little as you've heard, um, whether you're out you know, walking the dog, you're on an airplane, you're at work, you're studying for an exam, you are in the gym, wherever you are listening, it is so much appreciated. And that's it. We'll be back for episode six soon enough. Thank you for listening to It's the Bearded Man podcast. We'll see you, ladies and gentlemen, very, very soon. It's yours and the world's favorite, Bearded Man, Bob Bay. See ya.